Hello there. Hi, my name is Chris Adams, and this is the Chris Adams Presents podcast. I'm super excited about this uh, conversation I had with Katie Buck. She is the founder of Josephine West, which is a Boise-based interior design studio. She's fantastic. She's working with a lot of bigger developers uh, in the area, and we came... um, she came as a reference or a referral from one of our customers, um, Laura MacGyver Orver at the Gardner Group, and she's been fantastic. And in this, I'm, I'm excited about the interview for a couple of things. Number one, based on the nature of what, of what we do, I'm a big culture guy. Um, and when we moved into this office, the culture, we picked this office based on uh, the potential it had for us to carry out what our vision and mission statement is for Adams Technology Group. And my conversations with Katie to to create this um, has been really, really powerful. But the interesting thing for me was during the process of working with Katie, I didn't know when I hired her that she was the founder of Josephine West. I thought she was just an employee, a consultant. Um, and when I found out that she was on her own, um, I found that to be really, really powerful because she's been doing such a great job. So one of the things I gave her as a gift was one of my favorite books, uh, Excellence Wins by uh, Mr. Scholes. And I said, I'm going to buy this for you. You're going to read it, and then we're going to sit down, and we're going to have a conversation about it. Little did she know that she was going to be a guest on the podcast, one of our first guests, in a studio that she helped us kind of design. But the other part of the conversation is not only why our culture was important and how she helped us, was just some of the things that she's had in challenges of being, you know, an entrepreneur. And I don't care whether you're a man or a woman, when you decide to to put your hat in the ring to be an entrepreneur, there's a lot of risk. Uh, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I think it's important uh, to understand that, but it's interesting in the conversation because Katie and I kind of talk about that, that and talk about that. And a couple of the things that she does from, from a, a business standpoint, number one, her feedback loop, which is really powerful. So we talk about that. Number two, what she does for, um, to build confidence from a physical standpoint. And the one was really shocking to me. Uh, if you know the Boise area, mountain biking is pretty popular. She mountain bikes, downhill mountain bikes. But the other activity was even more shocking to me, and I'm not going to reveal what it is. You can kind of listen to the podcast and and see what she says because it was shocking. But I will tell you uh, if you the little hint is uh, a little Rocky Balboa. So you can listen to the podcast and get into that. So we talk about uh, her as an entrepreneur. We talk about the book, uh, Excellence Wins. We also had a, a, a brief conversation with some stuff in the cleaners from uh, Tim Grover, which is another uh, piece of uh, you know influence for her to be successful too. So uh, here's my conversation with Katie Buck, interior designer extraordinaire. If you're looking for new space, revive, reload your culture, uh, Katie is a fantastic um reference and I can't recommend her enough. And thank you, Katie. And I appreciate you guys and hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks.
Okay, so when was the last time you were here? Oh my gosh, like three or four months ago. Three months ago. Yeah. Uh, and what was your initial impression when you walked in? Today. Um, today. Yeah, just walked in. Yeah. Um, I like all the warmth of the wood, and mm. you got more uh, mood lighting. Uh, or <laughs> we got some mood lighting. Yeah, yeah, I know that you guys are huge into your mood lighting. Well, one of uh, so a couple things. Uh, which we talked about in, in your design and we'll get to who you are, what you do and how you do it. Um, I really wanted your initial reaction, uh, because you were really a part of, you know, kind of putting this all together, not including the studio, right? I mean, this, these are your colors. This is kind of how we, you know, kind of got it all framed up. Um, now it's a little bit different than the actual design. Yes. And how does that make you feel? It's okay, honestly. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, mm. yeah uh, really, it is because, like, at the end of the day, I really want my client to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it makes me question: Where did I go wrong? Mm. Mm. So where did I fail? So I know better for next time. Yeah, I thought I don't think it was has anything to do with failure. Uh huh. Um, what do you think about the cubicles? I actually think they're cool. Like, are they DIY? Uh, no, but they are custom. But they do look customed. Very custom. and But they got, look cool. They are cool. And we got them secondhand. You did? We did. So there was uh, one of our customers uh, was downsizing. Mm-hmm. And they needed to get rid of them. And I had been talking to them and said, oh, well, so we helped them uh, move into their current, it's Xenify. Uh, uh, we yes. helped them move into their offices at uh, 10 Mile. What is Zenify again? They're a SaaS integrator for uh, Salesforce. Okay. Okay. Yeah, big, I'm... big. Uh, Jesse was just on the podcast. Uh, they're like, um, I forget what he talked about, what the name, but they're a top level uh, partner with Salesforce. Like are they legit. Also, are they part of Capital 11? No, not part of Capital 11. I don't believe. Um, I don't think Capital 11 has any equity oh, in them. Okay. I do know that they just. Uh, did bring on equity partners, but I'm not sure Travis uh, was a part of that. Yeah. Hawks was part of that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so when we started helping them onboard or, or started onboarding with them, mm-hmm. um, Denise, who is the executive assistant to uh, at Zenify, uh, I started to... So those desks are the same desks that Zenify used. Oh, wow. So so we've kind of been, you know, sitting on their curtails. And um, Jesse, I knew, said that they were going to be subletting. And so because they needed a downsize, right? Because yeah. they got a lot of remote for, uh, workforce and they don't need all that space. So I just sent a note to Jesse and said, listen, you know, can we get, you know, some cubicles? Yeah. Anyway, I went back and forth, this and that and whatnot. And so uh, he said, yeah. And I said, Perfect. So those cubicles uh, weren't necessarily like part of the design, but they were yeah. so cool and they kind of fit what we wanted to do, which was kind of the open concept of we wanted to have the four pods because that's how we're going to grow and, yeah. and do whatever. And then we loved the steel, which we yes. had talked about, and yep. we kind of loved the wood. I was going to say the wood was the huge thing for me. It kind of, I know you yeah. guys kind of like the homey cozy thing yeah. hence the accent lighting too, yeah. right? Well, and the, so really, um, we, the guys look at computer screens all day long. Yeah. It's fatigue. 
Yeah. Right. And then look at those big booming. If we if we were to walk over and go turn on the lights, everyone would go blind. <laughs> right. They're yeah. so bright. Mm-hmm. And so putting in the cubicles allowed us to kill the lights and then put in those um, accent. You know, the, everyone's got a lamp and then we got the core lamps on, you know, each and the end pieces. Yeah. Um, and then we have like warm light. Yeah. Yes. And a specific light bulb. The debate. Is it 2,500? I don't know what the... Uh, we'd have Maybe to go pull 2, one in there. But it's, uh, it's the clear... The warm white. And, the, you know, the Edison bulb and whatnot, which oh. mm-hmm. uh, really looks good. And then the way that the light bounces off the, you know, the back of the walls. And then each of the guys have task lights on top of the monitor. So it really creates a really private... Um, you it's know, cozy. It's cozy is a fantastic word, right? I so, like it. so when you would walk in here, I mean, you, would you really think that we're a high tech company? No, right? no. I, I would just feel like you guys are like just chill and want to yeah. be cozy at work. I like to be cozy at work. Well, I mean, and the thing about <laughs> it is that why wouldn't you? Yeah. So let me ask you this from a designer standpoint: Do you think that we that our offices get too stuffy sometimes? That you, too stuffy, it's too like, stuffy, like, like it's, too industrial, too. No, like, I don't think so. It's just cozy. I would like no, his, not here, but in other oh. in other like organizations oh. where you walk mm-hmm. in and it's kind of like if we're gonna we spend more time in our offices on, almost than we spend more time in our homes. Yes, it is true. So where would you rather spend more time in uh, your home or in your office? So that is very debatable mm. because. Um, I'm seeing this trend now. Okay. It's, it, I feel like it's a work in progress in my industry where, you know, there's still a bunch of people working from home and they, and then there's company that are realizing that they need their employees to be at work. And cause not, so now they're coming back to work. They are coming back. Yeah. Um, not only are they seeing numbers that, um, declining, like, how, like mental health like went down by 36% by just feeling more secluded being at home but also they need that collaboration and that work culture mm-hmm. to kind of have that camaraderie mm-hmm. so to make sure that we're all rolling the boat together yeah no that's really powerful okay yeah I'm a terrible host <laughs> we need to know who you are what you do and how oh. you do it. <laughs> so probably need to get that going <laughs> I am Katie Buck I am the founder and interior designer of Josephine West mm. um I'm an in yes very independent interior designer um whenever I say uh, what I do they think automatically I'm a decorator and I decorate their home and I, I say, wait up, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. That's maybe 1% of my job, maybe. Right. I actually specialize in commercial spaces, specifically corporate mm-hmm. office. I love corporate office and I work a lot with developers doing tenant improvements for companies. And now I can finally say this is I'm doing DMB supply headquarters right now. And oh, fantastic. I did Bish's RV and house of design here locally with um, another firm um, that I worked at prior to going on my own. But I just love it. I love meeting other entrepreneurs, especially when it's in local business or a company. Mm-hmm. And just seeing, I get to witness their growth and it's so fun and it's very cool and hearing their stories. I have such a huge passion for it. So uh, so that was one of the kind of the questions I have here for you, for you is, okay, so... Talk to us about interior design, yeah. right? Like what are, what's good about it? What's bad about it? Yeah. 
Oh, thank you for bringing that because like everybody automatically thinks that I'm just, you know, a luxury service and, you know, yeah, we couldn't be considered a luxury service, but there's also a huge benefit um, because one of the huge benefits that we can probably actually save you money, um, believe it or not, especially when it comes to construction is because we are, we have knowledge base of like a thousands and thousands of materials. And, you know, you see the contractor do contractor grade and it's like, well, okay, well, there's something nicer that costs exactly the same Mm -hmm. and it can be more personalized. And, um, we just have that knowledge base, but, um, and, um, the bad thing is some designers, I don't want to say this for all, but you know, there are some designers that have egos and Mm -hmm. they're really good at what they do. And, um, but you know, that's why you go to them, right? Because they're really good. Like I'm thinking of high-end designers that just, they have an art to their process. And I don't think I have an art, like a style. Maybe some people say I do, but I I don't know. I listen to what the client wants. Mm. So I don't really tie myself to an actual style. Like, for example, when I say style, like mid-century, for example, um, or um, Victorian, I don't know. But <laughs> modern, modern, traditional. Um, no, I deco. Art deco. Art deco is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really tie myself to what to an actual style. I listen to what the client actually wants, and then um, I take the mood boards and I interpret what they want. And then I'm like, here's a style, or here's a style. Do mm-hmm. you like them? We can integrate them. Um, but anyways. Did I answer that question? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the thing for us is um, when we uh, were introduced to you, right, and you came for recommendation, right? Mm-hmm. You worked with one of our customers, uh, Gardner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the the Gardner girls uh, yeah. over there, right? They're and awesome. Wally and Weston and, and those guys. And the thing, right, when we when we first started talking, is and we didn't. I didn't talk to anyone else. Mm-hmm. You were the recommendation for me, and Aww. and that and that was you know the person to get that done. And so the thing for me was I kind of knew what I wanted. We mm-hmm. we fundamentally were moving from the and you were at our old space. yeah Holy oh shit. my gosh and you looked at the shit show that we were going to be trying to oh move into my and okay. gosh and then you look at this and you're like how was that even a consideration <laughs> yeah. right and uh, but I wanted this office is multifaceted for us. Mm-hmm. One, uh, the, the most important thing in our organization are not our customers, right? Yes. Sorry, Mr. Customers. They're our employees. Yes. I have to, it's my job to put them into an environment that, are, that they're going to be successful. 100%. Right? And I want them like to be proud of where they work. I want them to be comfortable where they work. Mm-hmm. I want them, you know, all of these things. So that's why I hired mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't so much that I, I, I needed the help with the design work. I just needed additional opinions. Sure, yeah. Like someone, you know, outside the box saying, okay, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we got. Now, let's be let's be honest here. So Bish's RV, uh, they're a little bit bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, DMB, a little bit bigger than us, right? Mm-hmm. So those are like really big accounts. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you to come in and work with such a small company like us? No, no, not at all. Uh, I take all of my clients, like I do the same exact process. Some are like a little bit more 
um, more involved because they're bigger, right? Like obviously DMB and Bishes. But um, what I do is like I listen to the owner, you, and I hear what you do. Like what you, I, 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 what I try to do is I get inside the business culture. Like what is the culture like? Where Mm. do they want to go? Because that affects the design too. And it's really cool how much um, I feel being a designer, we're a piece of that pie to make, help make your business better and grow. I feel like we are. Well, you are, right? So we, we hired you because, so I, I kind of had this vision, right? And I shared yeah. it with you and we went through all the you know iterations. Um, but this is your design, the, your paint. Yes. The, <laughs> the carpet and the choices that we had. I mean, yeah. you were kind of on limited you know budget. Yep. But um, the fee for us, right, I think was like $3,000. It was 1500 mm-hmm. up front and then fifteen yes. upon the balance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Super easy, mm-hmm. right? Super easy. And you gave us the, you know, the designs and said, okay, look about this. And then for us commercial, I think the, the big downside, what I didn't realize was how expensive commercial furniture is. Yes. And I, and I think you were like (laughs) prodding me about, okay, how much money do we have to spend on this thing? Because you're probably going to get some sticker shock. And quite Mm -hmm. frankly, even to this day, I'm just like, Holy shit, that's expensive. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just had a new lesson. And um, whenever I work with smaller companies, they, they really don't get the cost and why it costs so high. And I still really recommend doing the commercial side because when you're paying for the warranty and to, I'm, I, God forbid anything were to happen, but, um, uh, if something were to happen, like a fire or something, and um, your furniture is not commercially rated, your insurance company will probably not cover it because they are code related. And there are codes for the, in the IBC that you oh. have to meet, oh. even with materials, any material, honestly, that's going into merc- into a commercial space, even furniture. I will be asking my insurance agent whether or not my yeah, my uh, furniture is covered, covered under our policy. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a interesting yeah. clip that most people don't no. understand. And plus, like it, and plus, you know, furniture is an investment. It's and when um, I think one of the best things that you could when I think of commercial is when you're buying such a huge investment. I want you to love it because if you don't love it, it's gonna be expensive. Mm-hmm. And if you love it, then it's a good investment for yeah. yourself and your company. Yeah, it's like my new truck. You're exactly. So that's some it was some of it was expensive. Yeah. But I love it. Yes, because I'm I'm working with a client right now, and it's a uh, six thousand square feet, and the furniture budget came up to three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And he. That's real money. It's real money, and I warned him, and he was just like. He, he's like, why are you acting like my wife? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, I want you to go to the showroom so you can see what you're buying. And he's like, oh, I hate shopping. And honestly, if if like the workstation systems, for example, if there's like $20,000 of storage system that you don't need or you know your points don't need, mm-hmm. I don't want you to spend that $20,000 right. if you don't need it. But there is a ton of great value. Um, 
it's going to last forever for one. And the warranties, you, you are buying, buying the warranties. Like it's 10 to 12 years on average. Mm-hmm. And if anything were to happen, it's an easy swap out. So I think that's another important thing to, for people to understand is the fact that there are really good warranties behind that commercial furniture. 100%. Yeah. Way better. Um, yeah. I Yes. I, I just really recommend it. Yeah. Um, so the thing for me is, one, we didn't have the budget for the, the commercial furniture, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. But what you did give us was the the master plan. Correct. Yeah. Right. And I think for me is, okay, perfect. Because now I have a master plan. Now as we grow and, you know, we get, you know, dollars for the budget and et cetera, then we can start putting these things in place. Case like, you know, the cubicles and, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't really done the four-year yet and whatnot. But what you probably don't know is that we went through Adams Technology Group, who's a parent group. We just mm-hmm. went through a completely rebrand. Again? Well, Smatatech was is already done. Yeah, the parent company, Adams Technology Group. So, mm-hmm. um, we just uh, finalized that like a month ago. Oh wow! So we sent it out to Ninety Nine Designs, mm-hmm. and because um, it needed to have you know kind of a refresh, and so now we're going through and reprinting uh, all of stuff. So oh I don't gosh. know if you noticed that we got the new pillars up. No, I didn't. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, they look beautiful. And then we got the sign, which is sitting on the pew I in the front. I did see that. So that is the new A. And okay. you know what? I, I apologize. I should have sent you I should have sent you the email on um, on the design feedback. Yeah. Because I sent it out to uh, all the staff. Everyone got to participate. So have oh. you used 99 Designs before? No, I never even heard of them. Yeah, so you... They're... Um, We've used them. We use them for Smattech. We use them for UC Forge, all the design work. So we sent them out, you know, contest. They create a contest, and then they have all these designers that collaborate. That's cool. And then you you give them the price. So you pay, you know, $500,000, $1,500 based on all these elaborate packages and all the yeah. upsell and all the other stuff. But you get some pretty unique designs. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what they what they came up with. Yeah. And then, um, so between the A mm-hmm. and then, well, it's right here. That's those, that's the oh, A. And then, that's you know, kind so, of. The, that's very you guys. Yeah, exactly. That's very you guys. And then uh, we keep it simple with the black and white. So the pillars yeah. are up. We got the new, um, we got the new sign with the vision statement on. And then we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for the mission statement. Mm hmm. But the thing for me is you gave us a master plan for that, right? The colors and all this other stuff. And yeah. then we just get to build into that mm-hmm. as we get the cash. And I think that's important for other small businesses to, to understand is that sometimes in your organization, you have to have the master plan. Oh, 100%. And your culture, right, is part of, you know, the environment and the interior design. Mm-hmm. It, I- I also look at it too, if, if you're any business owner too, is, um, I, I always like to say you're making an investment for your employees. If you bring in a designer, because you can shape a space to create culture, like whether it be games or like the bourbon or the (laughs) coffee station, like what can you do to kind of implement that to kind of create more culture, but not only creating culture, but also making it enjoyable for your employees. Mm-hmm. So it's, you, I also try to make my clients think that way too and be like, oh yeah, I should invest a little bit more money in this 
um, area. I always try to be strategic and conservative everywhere else so we can implement those dollars elsewhere. So it's interesting. So this was the, this was the easy part, right? In the design, <laughs> right? Yeah. The bourbon and the yeah. stand and whatnot. And I think we had a cart in the original one, but the yeah. cart was too big. Mm. But the coffee, the coffee bar yeah. is coming, but the, the, uh, the coffee machine is just, it's expensive and we just haven't put it in the budget yet. Yeah. Partly because we continue to grow and we have to make decisions on, you know, oh, yeah. are we going to be, you know, putting that towards, you know, human, you know, capital yeah. or are we going to put it in there? And that just becomes kind of a balance, but the design is already there. The coffee yeah. bar is happening. Yes. We yeah. will be serving up the See, best coffee. That's part of your, cul- that's that's part part of of your culture. culture. Yeah. yeah. Right now we serve shitty coffee. I've, <laughs> I've got, let me just <laughs> let me just talk about because I sent this to Parrish uh, today. How is your over the last year? And this is open in Pandora's box, but I think it's a great subject as we transition into the gift that I give you. Uh, ben, how's your experience been at the coffee shops for the last year? The coffee shops. Coffee shops, like uh, oh. human being, black coffee, uh, black. Black City, Black City, Rock. Black Rock. They yeah. just opened up uh, another one. Yeah. Lucky Perk, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Take me through like okay. your experiences. Do you have, first of all, do you have a loyalty to any coffee shop? Yes. Which one? Um, right now it's Bond and Bevel. Okay. I don't even know where that's at. I did. I gotta bring, write that down. I brought you beans. You did? Yeah. <laughs> if you're not bringing me bourbon, bring me beans. I did bring you coffee beans. They're actually in Caldwell. And okay. They're, I, their beans are very, very good. And they take their craftsmanship very seriously. Okay. And I actually, they got featured in Entrepreneur Magazine or something. What's the name of them again? Bond and Bevel. B-O-N-D. Yep. And, and Bevel. B-E-V-E-L. Yeah. Oh, we, we got to check them out. On you Instagram. need to check them out. It's pretty. I I buy their beans only. It's kind of chocolatey, nutty. Okay. It, um, I Are put, they roasting them themselves? They. I think they told me they have a. Um, they go through a rep that they get it from roasted. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oregon or something. But they're very. They take their equipment serious, and mm-hmm. yeah, I just highly recommend them. I was kind of before them. I w- used to be. Um, into Dutch Bros and um, Starbucks, but um, they went kind of downhill in my book. Okay, why did they go downhill? Let's get into this. Because <laughs> I'm talking about, I sent Paris a text today in the window <laughs> going through my experience about how terrible this is. Yeah, well, okay, so I am I do more of a keto diet. Okay, <laughs> And so enough. they got rid of heavy whipping cream at okay. um, Dutch Bros. So I'm like, well... And not ever, I can't find anything I like anymore. So Dutch Bros is not keto friendly. No. Okay. It used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Starbucks, are you sure you want me to open this can of worms? Yeah. I mean, Starbucks, uh, I mean, they're, they're, it's a big, you know, corporation. Yeah. If you're in desperate need of coffee yeah. and I have to choose between Starbucks and McDonald's. Oh, I would definitely do Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I could go either way. I prefer <laughs> the cheaper coffee. I can. Yeah. I mean, I'm a coffee snob. <laughs> uh, but I'm not. I, I drink McDonald's coffee just as a. Just Do as you? Well. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I even when uh, up on the mountain. So I'm I'm notorious. I carry my own. Oh my gosh. Uh, Jet boil. Oh. And I, and I carry a uh, Starbucks Vias. Okay. Right, the instant coffee. I'm always making coffee up on the mountain. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I pack that thing uh, extra weight around, carry the water. Sometimes I'll throw in a Swiss mist so I can have a mocha, a mountain mocha. <laughs> yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I, well, my husband and I bought a cam trailer and, you know, the tea kettles that he, so I made sure I ground it up. I love fresh ground coffee too, yep. like the okay. beans. Mm-hmm. So I did Bond and Bevel's beans and put some fresh ground coffee on me. I'll take that. Or I love, I love supporting local. I think yep. it's huge importance, but um, trying whatever local coffee shops too some of them are hit and miss what about um okay so the experience do you think that the coffee shops like dutch bros right so they made they made a fundamental change uh they got rid of heavy whipped cream which obviously takes the keto guys out yeah okay uh you know starbucks you know is interesting for me with starbucks is the fact that the it's the whole tipping thing yeah Oh yeah, the whole tipping thing is. It drives me. Is nuts. it pro customer or pro coffee shop? Uh, pro coffee shop. Pro coffee sure. shop has nothing to do with the customer. No. So oh. I was I was at the human being, and I went in before the interview to get a, a coffee, and then I picked up uh, some stuff for the guys, and so I know it's coming. Yeah. Right. You know it's coming. Right. <laughs> And it's the total bullshit thing. All right. Uh, they give you the the, reader. the option. They just yeah. hand it to you now. Yeah. Right. Because you're trying to think about the whole process. I've got my card. I just want to hand you the card, pay for the transaction, yeah. be gone. Yeah. No, they they give you the reader. You got to put the card in. Right. So that's you trying to get it out through the seatbelt. Right. So yeah. that's clunky monkey. Yeah. And then they say, oh, OK, it's just going to ask you a few more questions. OK. What's the first question? First question is, do you want you know, what's going to be the tip amount? Yeah. Okay. The interesting thing for me is the fact that the first option is not no tip. <laughs> right. The yeah. first option is like 20%. So on a, a $10 coffee, I'm paying, you know, $2. Yeah. Well, that's not happening. No. So I am now I'm getting better. I'm always hitting custom and then I always round up to the dollar. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then so then I'm, I'm trying to push the buttons. I got to push the buttons left-handed because it's on the left-hand side of the thing. <laughs> trying to get over to the right, right? I'm just like going through this whole thing. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is so painful. It is very painful. It's non, nothing to do with the customer. No. Right? And it's just like, do the, does the barista really want to be say, saying that? I'm like probably not. And then so so the other thing is about the tips. I was at uh, I was at Five Guys, and mm. it's the same thing. And Five Guys is getting expensive. And I said, okay, how does does this tip go to you? And the person the counter help said, no, it it goes into a pool, and then we <sighs> divide it amongst you know everyone else. I don't agree with that. So I'm like, I mean, okay, I so what it, am I what am I paying for? Yeah, right. I mean. So I think the whole tipping thing is is really it's become a, a thing, mm-hmm. but that whole experience for the for the coffee shop, um, they're just, you know, I would revamp that. I would so totally. so with Starbucks, it used they didn't ever ask for that. Mm-mm. Now they are asking mm-hmm. for it, and I think you know that's kind of crazy. Now, I have heard interestingly enough that. Those uh, Clover systems and the Square system, the POS, you mm-hmm. know, type systems, because they were expensive to put in, that that's what they were sold 
was the fact that they would increase revenue based on tips to help pay for offset for the costs of, you know, some of the other things. Oh, interesting. And hmm. so both of them are have failed because that's just not, in my opinion, you know, kind of customer centric. No, it's not. Anyway, no. so I had a bad experience today. So I'm not really loyal to human being. I'm not loyal to most other ones. Mm-hmm. I do get my beans uh, from um, what used to be Awakenings, but now it's um, the Alchemist. Oh, yeah. Which is right there on Five Mile. Yeah, they're and, really uh, good. They're good. I like them. Um, but they, they're changing hands really? so often. Oh, Every time we go shoot. in there, there's someone different. And when I was in there with... To be honest, when I was in there, when they were um, awakenings, they all knew my name. And now they don't? Well, yeah. I mean, they, they, they're like, they turnover. Hey, they're that guy? Yeah. There's that guy yeah. again. They changed <laughs> some stuff around, but they, you know, the thing for me with loyalty is, you know, trust. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do they really care about me? Do they know my name? Do they know who I am? Um, you know, et cetera. Which reminds me, there's a really, have you read this book? Uh, Tim Grover's Relentless. Love Tim Grover. Yeah, okay. Oh, Relentless is good. Relentless is good. This is a quote that he has in here on page 21. Um, And it's uh, talking about what the cleaners are. Yes. Okay. And yep. he's talking about this this waiter, uh, waiter waitresses. Um, the cleaners are the most uh, driven individuals you all know with an unmatched genius for what they do. They don't just perform a job, they reinvent it. Mm-hmm. I own this. I'm talking about the waiter who knows what every one of his customer customers drinks and how they order their steaks. Everyone in town wants to sit at his tables and they all leave huge tips because they appreciate the excellence. Yeah. And I just don't think that we see that Not you know, very anymore. often. No. No, I think... I think that's a shame. So we're going to talk about how uh, you and Josephine West, I want to know how you came up with the name (laughs) and then why I didn't know that you were out on your own. And when I found out that you went on your own, I gave you a gift. Yes. Yeah. And that gift is one of my favorite books by Horst Schultz, Excellence Wins. Yes. And if you're going to be a fan of the podcast, we're going to be talking about this book a lot because we definitely wouldn't be sitting in this room had I not read this book. And this was a gift to me from my great friend, John Wardle, who is the president of development at Brighton Corporation. Oh, no way. Yeah. Small world. Oh, it is crazy small world. Right. Um, so how did you come? Well, let's talk about why you left. What, oh. what, talk to me about why you decided to be great. On my own. Go on your own, become um, an entrepreneur, take all that risk. Um, well, yeah, right. Um, well, nothing against the firm that I worked at before. I really loved where I worked. Um, I just kind of felt like I reached a ceiling and I was ready to, I, something has been brewing for me like two or three years prior to me leaving. Like I really was ready for a big change. I was, what was the, what was brewing? I, I kind of like I've been doing this self journey of um, I just really, truly believe I'm met for something bigger and I couldn't figure it out. And I almost actually changed my career. I got offered. I would still be in the industry, 
but I would just sit at a different seat at the table. Like I almost went into construction. I got offers Mm. from ESI, from Leighton Company, and I wanted it, and they were great paying jobs. They were, I would, my pay went really high, yep. and I turned it down. And I was just like, I don't think this is it. I really want to, but I just don't think this is it. So a developer, I'm not going to name who the developer was. Um, they they saw after me, and um, and they really wanted me to come work for them to be their designer, their in house designer, and. I just, the guy rubbed me the wrong way and he essentially cornered me to say, yes, take the job. Mm. And I said, basically said yes. And I left the building crying. Mm. I just, I knew it wasn't the right one. I was like, this is still not bullied, the right one. Bullied into I, a job. I yep. literally got, I've never had that experience before. Um, uh, so, and I had a coffee with a friend and she's like, Katie, I know you've kind of dappled the thought of just going on your own. Maybe this is your time. And I was like, you know what? I think you're right. Mm. So, um, gave him two weeks. And- no, <laughs> I, I gave my previous employer like two or three months because mm. I was, you know, I, I take really good, not only do I take my job seriously, I want to make sure my client is happy. So I yeah, wanted, so you had clients in the pipeline that you had yeah, to see I, yeah, I wanted to make sure I finished for them. And, you know, not only finish for them, but also help the team. Because I, I still really love that team, the firm before that. It was great. Yeah. It's just, I think it was just, I really hit a ceiling and I was ready for something bigger and something more challenging. What was the conversation like when you told them that you were going to go out on your own? <sighs> Um, most of it was positive. Um, one person was, um, I I felt like he was just really disappointed. Um, I kind of feel like, like he, he knew that he was like something great was leaving. Um, and then there was another one I, that he means a lot to me and he mentored me and I, I almost cried telling him because he was such a great mentor, Mm -hmm. but, um, I would say most of it was really positive and they were like, man, you got balls to do this. (laughs) But, um, I'm like, I'm realizing that, yeah, it's hard to wear all the hats, but, um, yeah, I would say most of it was all positive. So you had the conversation. How'd you come up with the name? <laughs> so the name is kind of a... Oh, don't tell me this is some sort of ad lib. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> it's so, like creating your porn star name, right? Yeah, so it's going to be I the street you, you live that, right? on and the name yeah. of your dog or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> my first employer, I worked as, at an interior design firm. And I asked her that same question. And she's like, she's like, well, you know the thing... Your porn star name is your first name of your pet in the street. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, but actually their firm name is your middle name in the street you grew up on. I was like, oh, mine would be Josephine West. Oh. I was like, that that actually sounds bougie. And I've had like a lot of great compliments. Like they like my name. And mm-hmm. it's kind of symbolic too because I am was born and raised in Michigan. And I... I now set out my independence out west and uh, that's kind of symbolic so there's like a double meaning to the name well it is a good name yeah right thank but you. why not katie buck why no. not katie buck in the name no no katie buck i <laughs> i love my husband don't get me wrong but 
I could just see so many things go wrong with that. But <laughs> uh, no, it just doesn't sound bougie enough. Like I like I want. What do you mean bougie? What do you what do you um, mean? Like I don't want to be like I don't want to be. I feel like Katie Buck is a settling name. Like I I want something that kind of shows strong like value, maybe boutique-ish, maybe custom. Um, and Josephine West just kind of brings that little oomph to the interior design. Cause I feel like I'm one thing I've realized being on my own, I'm more unique than most independent de- designers. Cause most dependent independent designers are residential and I'm more focused on the commercial side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now you got a name. Yes. Okay. What was the, what was the next thing? What was the next big hurdle? The next best big hurdle is, um, finding my own clients I mean granted I already had a good reputation with some of the big players I think they're big players here in the industry but I wanted to respect my previous uh now did you have an agreement in place that you had to respect that or you did you just do it based on strength Yeah, yeah see that shit is we just don't have that anymore either, right? We have fucking attorneys that have oh to draw up non-competes and NDAs and all this other stuff, right? And I was petrified because, like, there's, I mean, again, there, I have a, I, an architect that I work with and another GC. I they went on their own and then they got attacked by lawyers mm-hmm. and for stealing clients, supposedly and, stealing clients, but the clients followed them. I think that's a different story. And I was like, crap, is that going to happen to me? But mm-hmm. I, I literally feel like I paved my own way and um, just trying to be respectful. And um, had I just had this confidence and went for it. I mean, it's still scary, but because mm-hmm. being an independent business owner, you feel like you're in the middle of the arena and you're being exposed for everything. And it's, it's very scary, but I... I love being challenged mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm realized too. Like two years ago, I'm not a settler. I, if mm. I settle, you're not growing. Mm. Yeah. Where do you think uh, you get that confidence from? I had to work it. Mm. Um, I think where I got it from when I d- did the, you know, epiphany of kind of growing, doing this, you know, how I was telling you, this thing has been growing like a met for something bigger. And I went and I got into boxing and boxing. Yeah. Not like the fun fitness, like legitimately learn how to fight, taking punches in the face. Mm -hmm. And then I got into mountain biking and with those sports, I realized that you're, you are always being pushed out of your comfort zone and it's you're just always again feeling vulnerable if you take your eyes off like for mountain biking if you're not physically present and being mindful you can wipe out and really get hurt and um if you really want to become great at it you have to face challenges and obstacles and same with boxing like you're just always being challenged Uh, you you can't you can't keep this exposed like having this revealed otherwise you're going to get socked in the face and it's not fun yeah right (laughs) well it's punishing and it's physical oh it's so physical but i love it at the same time well and i think the kind of the interesting thing for me is the fact that um one of my key words for 2023 has been strength yeah and physical strength Mm -hmm. right and getting stronger and stronger and stronger and i would say i'm a pretty confident guy yeah 
Um, I was an athlete growing up and, and still, I, I wouldn't say I compete, but well, I compete every day, but not like that from a sports standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned in the last nine months of just like lifting, mm-hmm. like really lifting, yeah, uh, is something that I had not really experienced because even when I was, uh, in high school and college competing, I never spent a lot of time in the gym. I never lifted weights. I never had to. I was doing so many other different things that I was still, you know, fit and strong or whatever. But mm-hmm. there's something to be said about a direct connection between physical activity mm-hmm. and pain and recovery and struggle to the mental sides 100%. of all that. 100%. Yep. And I've just really been uh, kind of going through that. Um, there's a... I don't have it in here. There's another uh, book um, author that I'm going to try to get in here, um, Dr. Roger Hale. Hmm. And I forget the name of the book, but um, he talks about the importance of strength. Yeah. And I've been trying to get to the gym. I've been to Pivot, personal trainers, and all this other stuff. And just trying to work through that mm-hmm. has been such an interesting part of self-introspection. Yeah. Uh, that there's just kind of a, a, a newfound level of, of confidence. Cause you're right. I mean, when you step out into the ring as you are doing right mm-hmm. now, it's you, mm-hmm. right. And either you're going to embrace that and you're going to uh, take it on head on yeah. or it is going to punch you oh, right yeah. directly in the face, or you're going to go end over you know heels on the mountain bike. Well, the other thing too, with boxing is like, you know, in business, I feel like you get punched in the face all the time. <laughs> I really do. That's a great line. That's <laughs> going to be a great clip. Mark that on the video. <laughs> but like... Coming from a boxer, coming, a female boxer. <laughs> but you realize like, oh, it's... I mean, it sucks, but it's not that bad. Just keep mm. going. You Like you just have to keep going. And the other thing too that I loved what, especially with boxing, teaches me in mountain biking and especially, you know, I'm on the fitness thing too, is what else you learn is discipline. And, oh, yeah. and I feel like if you don't have discipline as a skill, good luck. Yeah. Like discipline, like, no, everybody talks about motivation. Motivation's nothing. Well, it comes and goes. It comes and goes. Yeah. It's discipline that's going to carry you. It's the, the mental side of it about how to say yes when everyone is Wants saying no. Wants to say no. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other thing is too, is like when you, it always sucks, but you might be this close to your goal. And if you just keep working your discipline, I mean, just keep showing up and you, and you're like, holy crap. I, one of the best stories I saw heard was like, he, um, a class said, okay, I have a test, but if you, if it's going to be really hard, but, um, you can walk out and I'll give you at least a passing grade of a C. And like probably, I don't know, probably 90% of the students walked out and said, yeah, I'll take the C. That's effortless. And then, you know, as a few minutes went by, she's like basically telling her students, you just, you know, if you, you toughed it out and because you just took a risk, I'm giving you guys an A. Hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things. If you just wait it out a little bit longer and it, it might not be as bad as you thought it would be. Well, it's the only place that growth takes place. Oh, it's, yeah. It's in that and it's hard to, like, fear. I still have a bunch of fear being a business owner. and 
you know, I think that's the, another one I'm trying to get over. Well, you know, the thing that people say, be fearless. Are you fucking kidding me? That's hard. To be but, but the fearless. problem is that fear is one of the most natural emotions that you have. Yeah. Now, the thing about it is that you can't let fear control you. I think that's that's the biggest thing. But you should be able to understand it. Yes. And, and I, I know you're a person of faith, too. But mm-hmm. it says in the Bible all the time, do not fear. Mm-hmm. Do not fear. Yeah. So, but it is... It is one of the hardest ones to walk over that hurdle, but that's where the other side of growth is too. Well, and then the other thing is, you know, fear, uh, you know, in the Bible, not necessarily divine, you know, defined of, am I, you know, fear that I'm going to, you know, fall off the cliff. Yeah. Right. The fear in the Bible relations is about going to hell. Yeah. That's, those are kind of two different. Things. Oh, sure. Like fear okay, of failure, yeah. you know, whatever. But the problem is that today in society that we've, We've got all these marketing people out there that have, oh have, yeah, you know, they teach you to like fear and yeah. all this other stuff. It's, it's, it's not fear. No, right. Be yeah. fearless. That whoever came up with that and whoever has that on their t-shirts needs to take it off. It's not. It's not fearless. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So a couple things. One, I think it's really cool. Uh, Katie Buck knows how to take a punch. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Oh gosh, it sucks. Let oh, it does you. suck. There's it's, another great line that we got to get in there. <laughs> it's well, it's funny too because I was kind of sparring, learning how to do defense with an, another partner, and of course, nine times out of ten, they're guys. And I had myself open and he literally sucked me in the nose and he felt so bad. Right. I'm like, dude, this is, isn't that the point of boxing? Like, What's your husband think about this? Uh, he, he doesn't like me. He doesn't like to watch it. I remember the yeah, first time. He doesn't time, want his wife showing up to church no. with a broken nose and a black eye. <laughs> My father-in-law tells me, he's like, you don't need to be doing that. But I'm like, no, I, I love it. It takes, no, you don't understand. I need to be, doing I need, it. I yeah. literally need it for my mental. And I to honestly, to keep showing, pushing yourself, it's not bad. Once you, it's, I hear like nine times out of 10, it's probably not as bad as you mentally think of it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of try to use it as a reminder mm-hmm. for myself too. Well, one of the struggles that I'm going with right now is taking the game up to the next one. So I've got some buddies that do jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Did you go to the Northwest Challenge over the weekend? No. Okay. No, I was up hunting. I was oh. on my dirt bike. Freeze- you went hunting on your freeze- dirt? Freeze- How are you going to put an off? animal on there? Uh, well, <laughs> we packed a bear out on the back of the oh, bike slash. Yeah, he's, that's, uh, that's him right there. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I have not done that yet because of the fear of getting my ass kicked oh my gosh no you just need to do it you gotta start somewhere i understand that but you know the the so i so it's i think it's going to be the next part of my physical you know Mm -hmm. maturation um in the challenges and one of these things i keep writing down is the fact that you really got to be doing something every day that's going to kick your ass oh yeah because the humility right and the humbleness and the struggle and all of those things needs to be part of, you know, your process. Uh-huh. Right. And I just haven't done that yet. So I got a couple of guys. Um, my son, Zach is a blue belt in jujitsu. Wow, um, that's pretty good. Where does he, he practice? Is, he's at the, uh, he's at the pad. No, what is the name the of base? it? The base. He's at the base. Okay. The yeah. base is a good one. The base is a good one. I've been looking at, uh, the Rhino. Team Rhino. Rhino that's where my husband goes. Oh, it is. Oh yeah. boy. Uh, so I've been looking at that one, and I heard that the owner just passed away. Yes, he tragic, very tragically. Um, mm. such a great guy. He was doing Pedro's kind of seminars in Brazil, 
and he had a widow maker heart attack and his wife was down there too and he was in brazil right in brazil yeah Yeah. um so there's that one and then there's the uh gracie barra uh series stuff there there's one in cuna Mm -hmm. which i'm kind of partial to because it's a little bit closer but anyway i'm still I'm, i'm i mean i'll be honest with you i mean it's it's a struggle it is a struggle and um but I think, you know, kind of the the thing for me is the fact that because it's such a struggle, yeah, I know exactly where I need to go, and so I'm working See? kind of through that. But yeah. if you can box, I should sure, I can sure as hell roll, roll around with some guys on, <laughs> on jiu-jitsu. Okay, uh, I love I did boxing. All these great great moments with, <laughs> with all this stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, business. Okay, so you're on your own. You got your name. Um, and so I didn't know that you were on your own because based oh, on the name. Yeah. Now, did you not purposely tell me that you were on your own? I'm trying to remember who record. Well, um, I think did I get the recommendation from Tracy? Tracy? Yes. Or did I get it from? Uh, I think I asked both, and then and I think uh, Tracy was the one that sent me the. Um, the two people, and then when I saw that you had done the Gardner stuff, yeah. I selected you. I didn't even um, <laughs> look at the other one. But yeah. did you purposely not tell me that you were on your own? I I just honestly I assumed that I knew. Yeah. Oh shit! I why really would you? Did. Why 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 that? I uh, that I don't she know. She told me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought everybody knew who I was. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. <laughs> bam! 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 <laughs> Now you're throwing uppercuts. Yeah, uppercuts. Yeah, perfect. Um, So (laughs) I was, I have a lot of empathy for people who try to go out on their own because of the struggles that I went through. I don't know if you know this, but I went went through a bankruptcy. Mm. 2008, Mm -hmm. got pinched and we had a lot of exposure out there and a lot of fiber and uh, internet and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that that was probably one of the hardest parts of my journey uh as an entrepreneur oh yeah I bet. but um learning through going through all that you know all the cash flow and everything that i learned we definitely would not be here if i had not gone through that yeah. experience yep and um so when i hear about people you know going out on their own and taking risks uh i want to do everything i can to help them mm-hmm. right so when i found out that you're on your own I was like, holy shit, what can I do to help <laughs> Katie Buck out there go out and conquer the world? Uh, but before I get to that, I had one last question that just came back to me. Okay. Did When did you start boxing and when did you start mountain biking? Was it before you went on your own? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So I, it really did build the confidence really for oh, you to say. I, th- I think that's what really literally oh, gave me that confidence, 100%. Uh-huh. If, I didn't do, if I wasn't doing that, I don't think I would be petrified. What kind of mountain bike you ride? I, I love, I love our all trails, but I have a Julieta, Juliana. All trails bike. All trails. Yeah. Wow. And you, and how many times you mountain bike this year? <sighs> this year I didn't get to go yeah, as much. Yeah, because you're too fucking busy with work. Huh? It is hard. It is hard. And, but honestly, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I think mountain great bike riding is a great business development um, oh, really? activity. Yes. Cause I, you know, um, Weston from Gardner. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And I just ran into him and his daughter on the green belt. Uh, oh, we you were, did. Stonehill was doing their uh, baptisms down at. Um, oh. 
Oh, down the, I forget the name of it. It's terrible. Uh, anyway, Weston and his daughter were riding by and I oh, chit chat. Really? We had like, like 90 baptisms or something that oh day. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Reed, Reed Park, Reed, mm. you know, down by, uh, Barney, down on Oh uh, yeah, Eagle. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Over there. You guys baptized over there. Yeah. Okay. Twice, a, twice a year they try to do river bapti- uh, oh, baptism. Oh, that's so cool. There. Anyway. So yeah. Uh, Weston was on his mountain bike. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we went and rode from the top of Bogus all the way to Zion's Oh, Bank. you told me that. Yeah. I was a cursor and I felt so bad, but he just, luckily he laughed it off and just let me curse away when I was trying to keep up with them. Now does Weston's <laughs> uh, wife ride? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was, so how did you start boxing and who, who was the mentor that helped you like just decide? Get into, yeah. Um, I think honestly, I just me, I think I was just, you know, like I was saying, ready this, to do something different. Yeah. I've always wanted to get into boxing. I'm like, you know what? I just need to just do it. I'm just settled. Like I'm realizing I'm just settling. I just need to do it. Get and committed. You, and you went home, had a conversation with husband. Hey, uh, honey, I'm going to start <laughs> boxing tomorrow. Yeah. He was proud of me. He's like actually encouraging me to go. And, um, they, he tried it. The guy, his name is Jesse at SBG and they're great, great, great organization too. Downtown we'll Boise. Jesse at SBG. SBG. Yeah. SBG some love. Yep. 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 And, um, he was trying to talk me into Muay Thai and I was like, no, I really just want to do boxing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No. And so I you just got your own gloves. Up. Yep. Mm-hmm. How often do you box? Do you are you boxing more regular than you yeah, are mountain I, biking? Yes, I try to do it like on average three times a week. Wow. Yeah. It's a little easier to get into the schedule. Yes. Versus can, mountain biking is a whole damn event. Yeah. Like I, I I'm st- too scared to ride at night, so I mean mm-hmm. I can go box at six a.m. No problem. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, so you're a boxer, you're a mountain biker, now mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> on your own. And when I found out, I was like, okay, what, what could I do to help, you know, Katie Buck out and be successful? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that came to mind was I'm a big reader. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to buy you the book. Excellence wins by Horace Schultz. And when you read it, we're going to come on to the podcast and we're going to talk about it. I didn't know about the podcast part. I thought we were just going to do coffee. This is coffee. (laughs) I'm drinking coffee, but sorry, you're not. (laughs) That was probably rude of me. You know what, Paris? We're going to send notes out and ask him what kind of coffee. Well, when we get the coffee bar, we're going to have fantastic. Yeah, we're going to have fantastic (laughs) uh, stuff there. So what was your first reaction or kind of initial uh, thoughts about the book, uh, excellence wins. Um, I loved it because one, not to brag about myself, but I feel like I have a very strong foundation of customer service Mm. and his, um, but he does it a little bit more to the level I want to get to. Um, and I feel like I do a good job of trying to make sure my clients feel special. I try to, mm-hmm. and I'm t- always trying to find ways to improve on it. Cause at the end of the day, what means the most to me is that my clients are happy and I did exactly what they wanted mm-hmm. and they get excited when they come to work. Okay. So we're, you know, on a scale of one to 10, right. And mm-hmm. this is, this is not a test. Okay. Right? I know you were nervous about the yeah. test, but I think it just <laughs> goes into, you know, just, <clears throat> Where is the level of customer service that Josephine West is providing right now? Mm-hmm. 
and where do you want to be and and kind of what are the steps you think that you're going to do to you know what you need to take to get there so and that's a very good question um that's what I love. I love asking very good questions. <laughs> um, well, I the one thing too that I liked reading is like when a person hears their name, it's just kind of like oh like, shit, unbelievable, yeah, isn't it? It feels nice, like especially when you're still new to that person and they remember your name. And I am really bad at remembering names, and so my business coach, she's telling me of tricks I can do to try to remember people. What are the name. tricks? Give me the tricks because I'm bad too. Especially when you first meet them and like um, always like say, you know what, Chris, it's it was so great to meet you today. Um, let's try to let's try to do something again here soon. Let's keep in touch. You repeat first their name, name. Right. What yeah. about first names and last names? What about Mr. Adams? Mrs. Buck? You think that's lost its its totally. its power, right? I think so. And I think it needs to be brought back. I might be. So that's what I was. That's what I was saying, right? It it needs to be brought back. That's a good idea. Maybe I can add that to my. I'm telling you what you want to you want to win me over. Call me Mr. Adams. (laughs) Seriously. You what? Call me Mr. Adams. Mr. Adams. Yeah. But Darice, Darice, sorry, Darice always makes fun of me because when I introduce myself, I Mm -hmm. always say Chris Adams. I never just say hi, I'm Chris. Oh really? Why do you do that? Because my name is Chris Adams. My surname is Adams. Yes. That's the family name. Yes. Right? The family name is is what we are and what we do. Do you think people will be offended if you call them like Mrs. I don't know, Adams, Mrs. Buck, Miss Buck? I, I think I if they know. become offended is the fact that I just don't think they understand the magnitude of what their name is and who they are. Mm. Right? And so not to get into the thing, but... You know, Parrish is actually privy to this because he does them for me. Um, I create uh, posters for my boys, mm-hmm. and I take image, I take pictures of them, and the you know an activity that we're doing, whatever, and then I put a quote uh, that's relevant to you know whatever it is or something that I want them to learn, mm-hmm. and then I put them on these. Uh, what? How big are those? Like. Uh, 24 inches by 36 inches yeah. poster. I have one in my office yeah. uh, for Trey with a, with a fantastic quote from Alexander the Great. But those images, right, of them is the fact that this is, this is who I am, mm-hmm. right, and building that confidence and that imagery, right, because I grew up with pictures of Michael Jordan and, um, you know, bikini photo, you know, posters and all that, you know, some of that other Laying stuff. Laying that out there. <laughs> but one of the things that I went through through my business coaching was the fact that there was always a poster that I saw when I was in grade school down at um, Joplin Elementary, which is just down on Five oh, Mile yeah. and DeMeyer. Yep. And it, I used to see it every day in the lunch line. It says, if you can't uh, beat the person in front of you, make them break the record. Oh, gosh, that's really good over and over and over again and so the thing for me is the fact that I tried to instill that in the fact that I don't need to ha- I don't want my boys to have pictures of Michael Jordan not saying that Michael Jordan is like but mm-hmm. is it more powerful than them to see themselves with great quotes in these really cool images mm-hmm. I've got them we've got this uh, uh, picture that we've done like three years in a row of them at Redfish on mm-hmm. their stand up paddle boards oh cool each of them with different uh, different quotes and Brecken's on his dirt bike and Trey skiing and 
Uh, we've, I'm trying to get a good one of Breck right now, but we're uncooperating <laughs> because I'm not a very good photographer. <laughs> but these are kind of the same same pictures. These That's are, so cool. You take here. these? I took these, yeah. Dang. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know you and were a photographer. Got, I'm not. But I try to be. I sent them to Parrish, and Parrish says, oh, that's a really good, so we can use that. Yeah. Uh, but there's three photos. Oh, these ones right here? Yeah. They're very good. These are the ones I took of the last trip to Stanley. You're not a photographer? No. This is just me and my iPhone, people. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Oh, that is really pretty. So these are have been blown up and put my... Uh, These Adam's all came from on. iPhones? Your iPhone? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so I'm trying to upgrade to a newer camera so I can take a little bit better photos. But I had these blown up. They're actually in the conference room, and you're going to get seen when we get done Oh, here. yeah. Dang, those are good. But anyway, the, the, the thing for me is the name, right? Adams, mm-hmm. right? Buck. And it's a probably a little bit different for a girl, but I want my boys to be – this is what the Adams name is means mm-hmm. what does the Adam's name mean and I think you know for a long time you know you had these um coat of arms yeah right so that's what the Adam's badge is right there so that's our you can it's on the bottom right hand side it's in black um and it's right it's white oh, over there okay. right so those are you know what the Adam's name is you know for us it took me a long time to find that um are but you it's kind of our stamp. Scottish uh, yeah, Irish. You're Mick Irish. Adams. Okay. So when we came over, they dropped the Mick uh, you know, because Adams. of, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, History. Yeah, exactly. So the the last name is important. So I think Mr. Adams, mm-hmm. Mrs. Buck, you know, I think some of that stuff needs to be coming back. And I don't think it's insulting. I think it's insulting. You know, people say, please don't call me, you know. No, you can yeah. call me Mr. Adams. Yeah. So when... You know, kids come over and they introduce themselves. They say, this is my dad. Uh, Chris, no, it's, you know, it's Mr. Mr. Adams. Adams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because That's I how think I was raised. Level. That's how I was raised too. I don't know why we have, you know, a teacher's going by first name. I uh, would never. But know, I think that's, that's wrong. Weird. That is weird. Okay, so customer service. Yes. So Josephine West is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to get here. What What was it in the book that you really said, oh, shit, I got I to gotta do this. And then have you done it yet? Um, you can open up. I was going to say, did can I take, cheat? No, dude, I did. Look at, the, look at like, the, all the notes I have in this thing. Like this I is, have highlighted a bunch of stuff. Oh, let's um, just go through the highlights. What do you got there? I think the one, um, there was one. Um, oh, gosh, we're going to have to like keep talking about something else while we find it. But the, it was basically saying that you know respect your like being respectful to the client and respect yourself goes a long way it was something like that um oh gosh now see i'm getting tested no i love the highlights (laughs) just read what do you got highlighted right there what page is that on um not everything runs smoothly in all workplaces that much we know when there's a problem the the important thing is to track down what and the cause of each and every customer service deficiency deficiency and then remedy it. And I think that's really important too, because 
Um, one thing I love about my job is not every job is the same. It's always, there's always new unique problems and I want to make sure I don't repeat them. Mm -hmm. And I always talk to like my developer clients like, Hey, what have, was there anything I could be doing better that you would like to me to anyways, I always try to make a tally because I always feel like if you don't let me know, I can't improve Mm -hmm. and I probably don't even know I'm doing it. Right. Well, there are two things that I appreciated about you when we wrapped up our contract. Mm-hmm. You know what those two things were? What uh, are the two things that you do, that you did? Well, one thing that I'm trying to implement is getting feedback okay. from my client. And, and like, what did you do? Uh, what was that apparatus? I never, never received it. I know you haven't received it because I haven't filled it out. <laughs> but what did you send me? I sent you like a questionnaire. Like, right. did I meet your expectations? Right. And if not, what what could I have done better to benefit you benefit this? Mm-hmm. Um, and would you uh, recommend me or mm. who would you recommend mm. me? So mm-hmm. I think the best growth is organic growth and especially by word of mouth. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't fill that out because I wanted to have the conversation, you know, here. Okay. Oh, this is awkward. Okay. No. no, 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 no. And then what was it? What was the other thing that you did? I sent you a thank you card, a oh. handwritten thank you card with the Bond and Bevel coffee beads. Yes. Because I, one thing I too, when I get to know my clients, I try to keep a tally of, oh, they like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I could give them that as a thank you gift. Yep. So try to think of that so it's more personal and just to let them know I'm like, I, I, I do hear them. Because that was the other thing I've noticed too is like, People just want to be heard, especially if there was a, a problem. Yeah, and taking ownership of the problem. Yes. Right? And the thing about it is the problem is the problem. Yes. What becomes the problem is when the problem isn't acknowledged. Yep. And, and the other person doesn't feel like it was taken care of. Yeah. And the the clients always want to feel like they're being taken care of. They're investing in you. You need to make that effort. Well, and I think, let's be honest, uh, in my industry, people can go get IT services anywhere. Mm-hmm. You want to have fun? Google IT services and, and see how many people pop up. It's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of competition. And so the only thing that separates us in the marketplace is our customer service. Yeah. Right? That's it. It's and huge. It, and people can do the same thing, right? They can mm-hmm. Google, right, interior design. Mm-hmm. But what is more powerful is when I say, hey, listen, so-and-so, Mr. Developer, or so-and-so, Mr. Contractor, you know, who do you recommend for... Or Mr. Customer, I love who did, you know, your interior design. Who did, oh, mm-hmm. you got to be using, they're barred out, right? Those yeah. are the things that that you can't go. Sure, you could go try to, just like what we did. We spent thousands of dollars to trying to, you know, generate leads through oh, Google gosh. Clicks and, you know, all this other yeah. happy horse Mm-mm. shit. And that's just, we just kind of, that's not what we do. No. Nope. Right? Mm-mm. And we're okay with slow organic growth. I get email after email about people talking about how to make me grow my company faster. Oh, I get those too. It drives me nuts. And I'm just like, listen, if you think that that's what I'm about, then you, you, you've already lost the mark because yep. that's not what I'm, I'm about. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. What I'm about is our mission statement. We keep our customers' computers and internet running fast and secure. Yep. That's the mission statement. Mm-hmm. and over and over. And we know that if we do that right, then everything else just kind of falls into into place. Yes. Okay, so customer service pinnacle, you already have a natural 
you know, akin to already providing that. Mm -hmm. What else in the book did you like? What were the other takeaways? Um, What are the highlights? Give me the highlights. Oh, there's so many highlights. Um, So many highlights. That was a good book. It was a good recommend. One one of the things that I really loved um, is like, is that no matter what your position is, is really be proud about it. Hmm. And, um, and I think we're really missing that in society. Like you, sometimes you just have to, everybody needs to start at the bottom. If you don't start at the bottom, that's your foundation and then work your way up. And he's like saying to me, I kind of took it as like, just be really proud of it. Make put ownership, be proud of it. And then if you see something that needs to be done and you know, you can do it, do it, just take ownership. But I also think not only that, but what really comes from, I think is the leader of the company is like, you need to really be shown as that example is what I'm realizing is like, if you want it done well, you want it done right, you better do it and show, be very, I don't want to say very obvious, but you know, show, be the example. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff, customer service is top down. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you if you treat people badly, you're you're going to be terrible at customers. Your company is not going to have customer service. Yeah, well, that too, and it doesn't matter who that person is on the team, because I I like cross cross paths of all sorts of people in my industry, like, um, like whether it be janitors, cleaners, subcontractors, GCs, and then you know the the stakeholders and the owners. I always make sure I treat everybody the same. Yeah. Like you should always do that. Yeah. As a human. As a human. Right. Yeah. And, and plus like some people like don't even like tell him, say, Hey, I'm a janitor, but like, who cares? Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of pride to be done with that. Right. I mean, look at our guys, right. One of the stigmatisms, I shouldn't say stigmatisms maybe is you hear like this, um, tier one, tier two, tier three Mm -hmm. support. Okay. Yeah. Right. And we don't have that here. Right. Yeah. We're all providing the same level of support. Mm-hmm. Now, do we have an escalation path for, you know, certain practices where people yeah. have more experience and, and whatever? Absolutely. But we don't look at our organization's fact that, okay, you're a tier one guy, you're a tier two guy, you're a tier three guy. Mm-hmm. But you know what's interesting? That came from the guys that were in that industry. And they really? said, We don't we don't want that here. Oh, and I'm like, Okay, well we need to have an escalation path. So so what do we do? So we, we changed them around. So we have blue team, which is our help desk. Mm-hmm. We have green team, which is our hardware and onboarding. And then we have a red team, which is um, all of our engineers and you know does security and server deployments and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But just you know the way that we have our office outlet, I mean, they're all collaborating. Yeah. Right? When a problem comes into our office, it's an entire office problem. Yeah. Right. We're all, you know, geared around trying to figure out what it needs to do. And then it doesn't matter who fixes the problem. It's just the fact that we get the problem fixed. Yeah. And I think what Horst does is a really good job is instills that that team because he empowers everyone, one, to take yes. ownership of the problem and then figure out what needs to happen to get the problem fixed. One hundred percent. And the other thing I thought was interesting was he was saying um, treat your employees like they're your business partners. Yeah. Which I think is very noble and respectful. And I think, too, he's also trying to show, like, give them the opportunities to get to 
have those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, growth, empowerment, right, in our pillars uh, and whatnot. All right. There's there's one thing right here is innovation on page uh, 174. Innovation is often squelched in the name of tradition. So let me ask you this. In, in the interior design, and I'm not familiar with it, obviously, was there like a, an industry standard that you saw in that profession that you did not bring across to Josephine West? Hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, probably not, but I think there are ways to just make it your own. Okay, such as? Um, so we have what is called the four phases of design. Like you have schematic design, you have design development, you have construction document phase, and then you have construction administration. So that's like the four phases. So the tier design are really highly um, involved with schematic design and design development. So schematic design, um, I'm giving like a whole lesson on this, um, is basically... Um, you're figuring out the program of what needs to happen within the space for, I'm just going to use office, for example, like you need a reception, you need a break room and whatever. So you do layouts. Yeah. And then, so I really like to have the client be very involved because, you know, they know their business way more intimately than I do, but I try to listen and learn what their culture will, how they're, how they like their business because it does affect how their lines. So um, but some people, some people, there's tons of ways of how to do that. You can make it fun. You can make it more hands-on. Um, my position is very unique. Sometimes I don't get the opportunity to do very much schematic design. I wish I would. I need to be more vocal to my architects that I need to be involved because there's like been some projects that there were definitely missed opportunities. So is that because of industry standard that, that needs to be looked at? Yeah, I think I think so. And I think architects even forget that we are kind of, I think, designers. As designers, we're better program and space layout people. Like, we we can make maximize the space way better than architects do. Right. And we, but we still have to follow, you know, business code. Like, not business code, um, IBC, the International Building Codes. Right. We have to make sure egress and stuff, all that. But... I feel like we can make it better. But anyways, um, so design development. I So design development, is, I feel like everybody, all designers probably have their own unique little recipe, but they're all the same in the same way. I've heard some designers like get a bunch of materiality and like have the client see the big table full of finishes and you know textures tiles and see what they gravitate towards them I personally don't like to do that because it's always it's already overwhelming for my client that's why they hired me like I try to listen to them and narrow it down and just put two different options anything more than two I just feel like the client gets so overwhelmed easily so do you do you find yourself asking questions to ask questions or do you ask questions to to provide clarity to provide the best customer experience um i so one thing that i'm noticing that i'm learning through my being an entrepreneur and you know i feel like now that i'm in entering your i'm almost two years into this which is crazy is that i need when's the anniversary 
Uh, March, like mid-March. Okay. So March of 2024. Yeah. Two years. Two years. Is that I need to be more descriptive on my process and not only so my client understands, um, but then that kind of lays out better of expectations for both parties. Right. Yeah. I need to be way better about that. And um, I'm trying to fix it and make it more easily understand because another thing, um, like I, I don't like to put it in this way, but this is kind of like the only way I can best describe it is like, I need to hold my client's hand. They don't, they don't understand my world and it's very overwhelming because there's so many decisions and uh, like options to choose from. Um, so I try to really make that very clear and very, so, so it's easy. I take most of the bur- burden by doing all these thousands of decisions to make and trying to make it easy on them. Right. So no nuances, uh, industry bad habits. I do have an industry bad habit okay, and I it. feel like everybody in my industry does this and it's a bad habit we all have is that we hardly ever follow through at the end. Like how do you mean? What's the, what, like what kind of follow through? Like, um, like project closeout. Do we need to go back and see how the space is working? One, it's great lessons for us as professions, professionals. But two, I want you should make sure that the client's still happy a year out. Mm. Like what's working, what still isn't working. Yeah, feedback is uh, huge. Feedback is huge. I thought one of the other powerful things in here is the fact that your customers will tell you everything that you need to know. Mm-hmm. You just have to be listening. Yes. Right. And that's kind of one of the things that we deploy here is the fact that so so one of the things in our industry is contracts. Right. So you sign up for an IT support service contract, it's twenty four, thirty six months or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We don't do contracts here. You don't? No. Oh, wow. Why don't I do contracts? Well, I don't need to do contracts because what's the foundation of a relationship? A contract or a trust? A trust for sure. Okay. So uh, what do you hire us to do? You hire us to keep your computers and internet running fast and secure. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same page with that. And so that's what we do every single day. That's it. Wow. And if we do that every single day, we build trust. If we build trust with our customers, we build loyalty. Yeah. And if I build trust and I build loyalty, I don't need a, I don't need a contract mm-hmm. that says that. Right? Because the onus is on me to provide you the level of service mm-hmm. um, that you need to do the things that you need to do to run your business. That's interesting. See, I feel like no matter what, I need to have a contract because we have a thing called intellectual property. Yep, fair enough. But but contract is, we have sales orders, mm-hmm. right? So we have sales orders that stipulate how the uh, the arrangement is going to be. But that contract is like every 30 days. Now, if you have intellectual property, right, then then you need to, you know, put this stuff in place that obviously that you can safeguard that. Yeah. You know, but really at the end of the day, are you really ever going to be able to safeguard it? If someone wants that shit to get out, it's going to get out. Yeah. And then the problem is you're going to have to spend a shit ton of money <laughs> to go prove and do whatever. Yeah. Then if you have to do that, then you have to hire attorneys. And then now you're spending a lot of negative energy on the way to go. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, do it. But we have the same safeguards, you know, in place. Like yeah. you, you got to pay us, you know, what we said that was on the sales order. Yeah. And you have to pay us within, you know, the time frame to get that done or you're in currently. Right. I mean, 
there are ways that we still have to, you know, work together. Mm -hmm. But we're not making you sign, you know, $5,000 a month for 36 months. Yeah. We're not doing that. Yeah. Right? Because the other thing is the fact that, you know, sometimes customers aren't good fit. Oh, yeah. And we don't want to be necessarily tied into, you know, a long-term contract, you know, with them. So... um, It's not doing either of you a favor. No. No, it's not. So... um, so that w- the industry bad habit following through. Okay, so what what would Josephine West? What can you do to implement something like that? I mean, would you come visit Smatatech and bring us coffee in six months? Oh, absolutely! Like seriously, I take relationships seriously with my business, professional business. I mean, there's some. You don't client- take uh, your, your personal <laughs> relationship seriously. I do. Of course course I do. Relationships are serious. I take a very, like they're like one of my top um, core values is I'm loyalty is one of my um, core value for my business. Do you have your core values? I have a crap ton. I I know I need to narrow them down, but I love them so much. It's very Josephine West. Well, Um, finish up this thought and then let's go over them. I'd love to hear them. Um, so I, you know, I take my personal, my relationships and professional relationships seriously. I may never have like for a small business, I'll probably never have another job with them again, maybe, but I, no matter what, I still want to keep that relationship because I mean, I don't know. You never know what can come out of it. Like anything can happen. So I just try to keep those relationships going. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I have not been doing that I used to do more often because I'm in the, you know, kind of the dog fight and we're growing a lot is I used to spend a lot of time, you know, just driving down the road. And if I saw a customer, I'd jump in and, and say hi. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't get to. In fact, I, when I ran into Weston down the park, yeah. I was like, dude, I got to get out of the office and come see you guys. I said, they don't let me out of the office anymore. <laughs> well, it's, it's because I haven't put the stuff in place to get me out of the office. And that's, yeah, you know, that's on me. Yeah. You know, processes. Mm-hmm. All right. What kind of core values you got? Uh, got okay. down? Do you have a mission statement? Let me ask you that. Um, I. Are you I, working on a mission statement? I'm always. Yeah, I'm working on one. Um, um, and so. Hour twenty minutes. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is good conversation. Are you? Do you need to stand up and do some jumping jacks, Parish? Okay. <laughs> you need a video cameo sometimes of you too. Um, so I'm just gonna go at my core values real quick. Yep. Um, loyalty go the extra mile, be disciplined, accept responsibility, lead by example, relationships, yep. build be, build positive and fun, always be learning and staying humble, humble and quality. Hmm. Those are all good. Yeah. We, um, so it'd be interesting if you could put those into a couple different categories. Yeah, I I feel like it's a it's a it's very evolving and always forming. It, and it should, mm-hmm. right? So our core pillars over there. So we have network security, customer service, business productivity, and people, mm-hmm. right? And network security was our first one. Yeah. And then business productivity, and then customer service, and then people mm-hmm. was our fourth one. Yeah. People will say, well, why wasn't people the first one? Well. It probably should be pillar number one, but it's pillar number four because it was the journey for me in which we put all that stuff together. Mm -hmm. So we had the three, and then we added the fourth, and then we changed, we moved one, I think we moved 
empathy mm. uh, from uh, maybe it was empowerment. We moved one of them around and, and changed them around, which we did the iteration. Yeah. But the thing for me is that those core values, every single one of those guys on the floor know exactly what those are. Yes. I, yep. And that was one of the things that came out of the book. Yep. Yes. To, to really make sure like you're all like rolling together essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you got your core values. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with your kind of mission statement? Um, so it's just kind of, it's not really a mission statement, but it's, you know, always learning. Remember the basics, um, create well thought design and branding impacting oneself with all users in mind and tell a good story. Mm. Um, uh, central concern of the practice is design excellence. Always be designing excellence. Well, I love the word excellence. Yes, me too. Right? I think excellence is different than perfection. Yes. Um, well, you know what? You need to uh, take a photo of that and send it to me. Okay. And then uh, I love wordsmithing. Me too. I do. That's <laughs> parish. I do a lot of... There isn't, there isn't a piece of content that comes out of our organizations that I don't touch. Oh, wow. All of it. Wow. That's yeah, good. Right. And now I'm competing with AI. Son of a bitch. Chat GBT is like, I, and all those sales emails that I'm getting, yeah. I think I sent this to you yesterday. All AI generated. I bet. All AI generated. And I'm like, because I'm starting to see the, the thought process about yeah. how they're scripting uh, these emails. Yes. And they're all patterned. Oh, interesting. And in the conference room, I've got a stack of 15 emails. And I'm going to do a podcast and go through the kind of go through the emails because they really don't know me from Boo, but they're really trying to personalize it because they're skimming the website. Yeah, and they're it's very crafty. I I I have my thoughts on that. Well, Well, and so for another day. (laughs) Well, this is why we're doing the podcast. Yeah, because I love video, and I think you know these conversations about you know our customers and our vendors that we're using that have you know similar mindsets yeah. about what we're trying to do to, to grow our business um, creates a lot of authenticity and mm-hmm. uh, uh, genuine um, you know thoughts uh, because really at the end of the day all of our customers are doing business with me yep it's my company it's my responsibility and how I get those guys to think out there like I do uh, they may not come to the same result the same way that I get to, but the but the the goal, the end goal is yeah, the same. Yeah, you guys are all working it. We're mm-hmm. all working together, and mm-hmm. that's because of the training that we got from you know from Horst. Yeah. Right. Um, what else did you like in the like in the book? I think, I mean, honestly, everything. What didn't you like in the book? Um, what was the punch in the face? Um, I think, well, the one thing it's really hard because I don't have a team yet. So some of the stuff. Is it just you? It's just me. I do have contractual help. Okay. Um, but like. Do some of the bookkeeping and organizing or whatever. She helps um, mainly do some of the um, the production work, if okay. you will. Yep. And um, But 
like I haven't had the opportunity to exercise the skills with a team and that is going to be really hard for me to do because I'm trying to delegate more because you know being a solo you have to wear all the hats and it's just it's your like I'm feel so spread thin right and but to take give somebody else your baby and make sure they know it that's really hard for me to hand it off and I'm trying to figure out ways how to de- delegate get those core values and get the mission statement mm-hmm. right because the thing about it is that if you outsource it right mm-hmm. eventually it's going to be insourced yeah. what, what's the growth plans for you guys I mean what do you what I mean I mean how big do you want to get this thing you you think you're going to be a full-blown agency you like just being you know kind of on your own or are you just I definitely want a team oh and you do want a team. I really okay. want to grow I really want to grow but I'm fig- I'm in literally in the thick of it trying to figure it out yeah yeah well you're going to need core values yes the thing about it is you're also going to need a north star mm-hmm. you're going to need a, a mission statement because that's your rally cry I I am reading traction no, you are. Yeah. Like Have you EOF. read that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's been super helpful. Yeah. That really helped me. And, but then again, it's at the same time, it's like, well, crap, I don't have a team that I can just take away and collaborate together. It's just me. Well, yeah, me. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're more than happy to come in here and I'm, oh, I'm dead serious. Right? Okay. And, thank you. And talk about that stuff. And, you know, the thing for me is the fact that, uh, it's not me telling you what to do. Right. It's just me asking questions about, you know. Well, what you're well this? more seasoned than I am at entrepreneurship. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> right. But I you've mean, been at it for a while. Yeah, and- I think kind of the interesting thing for me is the fact that so we we know how we're going to grow. Okay. We already know what our company See, looks like know. with with another set of pods. Okay. Right. And the thing about it is that when you kind of say, okay, what do we look like in five years? What do we look like in 10 years? Yeah it's interesting how you start manifesting that stuff because now you've already seen it and then subconsciously you start putting that stuff into play. It says, okay, so now I need to make that decision to get here. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I'm going through right now is, uh, retirement. So I turned 50, What? 50. I turned 50 in November. No, you don't. Yes. I turned 50 in November. Oh my gosh. My game plan is 10 years. Right? You're going to retire in 10 years. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I'm not a retirement kind of guy. Yeah. But I know what I want to be doing in 10 years. Okay. And so the thing for me is I'm, I'm working all of that back. Yep. And the thing for me is the fact that, okay, if I know where I want to be in 10 years, then I know what decisions I need to be doing making mm. right now. Because if I don't know where I need to be in 10 years, then how do I know what decision I'm making, yes or no, is taking me towards that or taking me away from it? Yeah. It's kind of like having a mission statement. All these guys know that when they how to answer a phone call or resolve a problem, if it completes the mission, then that's the direction we need to go. If it doesn't complete the mission, then then that's not the answer. Yeah. It's kind of like this North Star. Now, the thing for me is my 10-year plan is not to sell. Right? My 10-year plan would be why would I sell when I have the, the craziest annuity out there? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I'm, no, I'm not selling. No. I'm going to put this thing on autopilot. Yeah. And yeah. so the thing for me is as soon as I am got it a little bit more detailed, then I will share that with the team. And then that will become our vision. And the crazy thing is that then those guys know exactly 
how they're going to fit into the vision. And when they know how they fit into the vision, then they can tailor their lives to be in alignment with what yes. we're trying to do. Yeah. Because I don't want these guys to, to leave. All of our blue team guys uh, sitting in the first pod right here mm-hmm. understand that they are going to be pod leaders. That's cool. Yeah. And so right now, everything that they're doing is to gain enough knowledge. So when they're when we're ready to go and we bring in a second pod, that they're in a position that they're going to be leading that pod. Because we can't bring in, we know we can't bring in and hire into that. Mm-mm. Just like what you said, when we bring someone in, you have got to start at the bottom. Yep. You have to answer phone calls. Yeah. You, you've just got to be in time to be because it's part of our, it's part of the culture. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 50. I said that out loud. It's okay. Crazy. I turn 40 next year. Yeah. I'm, see? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, okay. This has been fantastic. Yeah. What else, um, what else you got going on? Business uh, is good. Business is good. I'm now I'm, um, I'm trying to figure out processes and working on experience and I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm, I'm wanting to grow and it's just how, what, where do I need to do? What do I need to do? Yeah. I think the, the killer processes, um, equate to scalability. Yeah. And if you can't scale, if you don't have a way, that's, that's the thing. Uh, What does Josephine West look like in three years? Yeah. What does Josephine West look in five years? And in five years, you've envisioned that you're going to have a team of 10 people. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you say, okay, what does the team of 10 people look like? I'm going to need this, 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 and this. Right. And then you start working backwards. Yeah. And then it starts to become like real because now you know, okay, so I need to hire this person. And then they're going to be doing these three things. And then mm-hmm. eventually mm-hmm. they're going to be doing this. And then I'm going to hire another person. They're going to be doing these two things. Right. So you just got to. It's, it's kind of interesting because I, I feel like I have huge, like, goals, like, big goals. Like, I'm like, holy crap, I don't know how and how I'm going to get there. What's a big goal? Revenue? Team? I mean, define big goal. My big goal yeah. is I want to be my own client, meaning I would love to be a developer and be my own client. Uh, so you want to get into, like, developing commercial properties? Yes. Oh, interesting. Like, that is really big. I have no idea. Have you said that out loud before? Not to, like, not like publicly. Oh, yeah, see? <laughs> a lot of firsts in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Why, do you, why, why be your own client? Um, well, first off, I love the developer world. It's very fascinating. Um, I love the fast pace of it, the, mm-hmm. the deals and stuff. I mean, granted, I'm literally on the passenger side and barely looking through the window, but it just seems like it's an exciting world and the taste of it that I've got through like p- previous clients like Brighton and Gardner and BBA. I just, it's fun. And well, you and I, John Worland need to go have coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing development for a long, long time. I mean, he and I went to Boise State together. Uh, so Mike Wardle is yes. his dad, right? Yeah. He was doing subcontract work for uh, David Yep. when they were doing Harris Ranch. Yeah. And they used to have an office out on Broadway. Yep. And John and I were at Boise State together. He was an econ major. I was a county major. We had common classes, and we used to hang out at Mike's office. 
gosh. And I remember I used to seeing all the all the boards for Harris Ranch, you know, before it was out there. So that's crazy. A long time. That was in like ni- uh, early nineties. Really? Yeah, a long time. Harris Ranch. Yeah. Because I remember most when I first met out here, it was like m- a lot of just open land. I mean, there was like the little pockets of it, mm-hmm. but most of it was like all ranches still. Yeah, that was one of um, Brighton's, uh, David's uh, first project. And then um, I know David because I coached uh, his son, Daniel, his oldest, (laughs) right, in uh, (laughs) soccer. I remember I had a presentation with him, and I was so nervous. Daniel? Yeah, Daniel and um, David. David, And I was showing them my the design and – and he, Daniel was not sure about the artwork choices. And he was like, what's so special about that? And his dad's like, well, they were done by elephants. Okay. <laughs> like, so I'm like, there, are you happy? They're, they're special now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I will never forget that moment. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else? Anyways. Um, Core values. I'm going to help you. Yeah. Uh, you're going to take a picture of that and send it to me. Yes. And I'm just going to sit up there, kind of wordsmith. Yep. I just have basic ideas of mission and like values and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, Traction is probably a pretty good book for you. Uh, you know, the thing for me with Traction, I, cr- I I just create my own. I've read enough, and that's kind of what I like. I I like to do. Um, I think the one thing that Trash can can kind of suck you into is a lot of KPI. KPI. Uh, key performance indicators. Okay. And so they, they're really heavy on values and mission mm-hmm. and stuff like that in the beginning. Yeah. But towards the end of the book and some of the workbook uh, that I've went through, it really becomes very technical. Yeah. Right? And, and that's so, where I get lost. Yeah. See, the thing for me is business to, to me is in twofold. It's a non-technical, mm-hmm. which is the most important. Mm-hmm. And then it's the technical. And what problems is that in my opinion, most people spend all of their analysis on the technical stuff, hmm. market share, profit, oh. shareholder wealth, whatever. And yeah. they start making decisions based on those technical things mm. versus making decisions on the non-technical stuff. Like what's best for our employees? What's best for oh, our thing? That's where core values come into play. Because mm-hmm. the thing for me is people will put together core values just to say that they have core values. Yeah. That's not what horse no. Right. The, no. These are like DNA, right? It's this is the core. 100%. There's no way that the Ritz-Carlton becomes what the Ritz-Carlton is had he not had those guys talking about and every single shift change. Mm-hmm. The How many principles were there? There's like a lot. And they went through one every shift. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we do. Every Friday we have our operations meeting. Everyone knows what our vision statement is. Everyone knows what the mission statement is. And then everyone gets to pick and talk about a pillar mm-hmm. and not only that they get to give an example of something that they did during the week that exemplifies the pillar that's a really good idea and we get to you know kind of talk about you know all that other stuff yeah i love that every friday that's awesome right mm-hmm. every friday now it doesn't make sense for us to do it shifts but that's probably kind of the couple of the big takeaways that we get done here yeah i love that you know so um well, this has been fantastic. Yeah, thank you We're, so much. This is the longest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> so many firsts. And in we here. still have camera. <laughs> Shit, see? We this is the first. Now we know we can go an hour and thirty minutes. 
Oh, hour and 40, 40. minutes. Okay. I, I say you guys need to work on the lighting. Uh, okay. That's the, <laughs> that's the feedback that uh, yeah. we'll take from that. We're going to, um, we'll go and kind of show you the rest of the office. Yeah, absolutely. But this has been uh, great. Yeah, Whatever you. I can do to help you. I appreciate uh, that. Kitty back, be successful. I'm all about that. I, I am very intrigued in what I've learned today in, in this conversation. Yeah. Right. You, success is not going to be the issue, right? No. You'll be the issue. Yeah. And whether or not you're going to allow yourself to to be successful. Yes. And quite frankly, that's kind of the the same case with a lot of us, mm-hmm. right? We are our own speed bumps. Oh my gosh, that is one hundred percent. Get her, let her, all this shit get in her way. Like just like <laughs> get in the way of me. You know, now I have to do jujitsu. You have to now. I'm gonna like make you to just. Yeah. You need to do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I, about I, getting into it actually too. Yeah, I just gotta, you know, figure out what gym. Probably is kind of the biggest thing. I really like Team Rhino. Yeah, I know I might have be biased. Heard, I heard you know good things about that, but I've got a um, but I've got they, a friend Pedro that's rolling with uh, Gracie and then Zach's down at the base. I I don't the know. The base about, is too far away, but I haven't. I don't know what their path is, but like uh, from what my husband when he was searching for the right jujitsu gym, like he what he liked about Team Rhino is like they actually show you that path of growth of what. Yeah. Like none of the other ones showed that kind of path. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Challenge accepted. Uh, okay. This has been fantastic. What are you yeah. reading right now? Traction. Other than traction, what are you reading? Traction. Um, I'm now. I'm reading. Going to read the business bible. Okay. I don't know that one. Yeah. They're just the, based on scripture. Uh no, actually um no, it's just like uh everything you need to know about a bio like business like legal like insurance and oh, okay. stuff like the basics not, not that's probably a terrible name the business I, bible yeah, I agree. yeah i'm not sure about that one yeah i know um i would tell you the h3 leadership by uh mm. brad over there uh that's a really good christian-based uh leadership book um then one next to it uh lead like it matters to god uh really oh. good too oh that sounds good yeah so there's plenty of books i yeah. think the thing for me is would you read this book again Absolutely. This one's definitely going to be kept on the shelf. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. I've read this thing three times. You did. Yeah. Well, we've, and so I read it once. Uh, then I read it a second time with the team. Okay. And that's another thing. We're getting ready to pick our third book. Um, mm. We do two books a year. So we're getting trying to figure out what our um, kind of winter read is going to okay. be. I love it. There's been some suggestions of the five dysfunctions of a team. I think that was recommended. Uh, Shez talked about that one. Uh, Jeremy had another one that he was recommended. So I've read that one. I haven't read the other one. So right. Read Ed Milet, the power of one more. That's a good one too. Yeah. I follow, I, I follow a little bit of, uh, Ed. Yeah. Um, but I haven't read, I haven't read any of his stuff. That's a good one. Yeah. Especially when it comes to fitness. Yeah. Like, Dang it. Yeah, that dude's a monster. Yeah, I just oh. say monster. He's a he's a he's a, he's a strong thick dude. dude. Thick, he's like, thick he's is a thick, good word. Like strong, thick. Very strong. Okay, uh, okay. thank you, Katie Buck. Thank we appreciate you. it. Yeah, it's it was been great. fun. Yes. Thank you.